When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go, it's recording. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're going to be breaking into the Raphael Micro Series issue. And issue number four of the original Ninja Turtles comic book. So, you can just bust right into our first segment. Uh, Let me tell you a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Now let's hear it. This story was written by Eastman and Laird, uh, just like the other ones. You know, it'll be that way for a while. Uh, It marks the first ever appearance of Casey Jones. Uh, And Casey Jones was created actually to tease Laird about all the bad uh, bad cop shows he used to watch. He's also like the inspiration for his personality. Kevin Eastman says he just kind of asks himself, what would Jack Burton do from Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> this ended up being the first uh, the first of the micro series issues that were there to flesh all the turtles out. Uh, this was during the time when multi-issue uh, arcs, like they were called like mini series uh, that were around. So just a short, not, you know, ongoing series of a few issues and so they decided to take advantage of that and have the, their first uh, micro series instead of a mini series it was just a one book story right. and now they have macro series and yeah now the kw series yeah. <laughs> yeah macro and micro there's just yeah. too many damn series <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's i mean the difference between my, macro and micro is just they made like 40 pages instead of 20 right something like that they just gave it extra pages instead of a normal comic book yeah. size yeah, yeah, that's the idea behind. Macro like that, that's what that's what Last Ronin is. Yes, well, mm-hmm. I mean, Last Ronin would be a mini series because it extends oh, across right. multiple issues. But yeah. anyway, it's something like that. Some terminology they created just for Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so, in our first story, we open with Raph and Mikey sparring in April's basement, uh, and they're trash talking back and forth. Mikey gets the upper hand and wins the fight, uh, getting you know because he's making Raphael lose his cool. And at the very end, Raphael completely loses it, grabs a wrench and charges at Mikey. He's going to hit him and, you know, he's almost going to kill him. And then Leo grabs Raph's hands and stops him. And Raph feels horrible and runs out for some space. Uh, As he's out there going along, he happens upon a mugging and he goes and stops it. And then a vigilante in a hockey mask witnesses it. Now, before this, we see the hockey mask, uh, our hockey mask vigilante watching three TVs at once while uh, lifting a weight. Uh, and it's all the bad cop shows stuff. You know, I think there's something like a, I pity the fool and 
references to like Dirty Harry and stuff there coming from the TVs. And he decides that, uh, you know, the cops out there need help. He's inspired by his uh, bad cop shows, thinks he needs to clean up the streets. So he grabs a, a golf bag and fills it with his weapons and gets his hockey mask and goes out. So after seeing Raphael break up this mugging, our, you know, vigilante Casey Jones won't just let the thugs get away. Raphael lets him go. But Casey says, no, these guys, they got to pay. So he starts beating them up. And then Raph ends up overhearing this and going to check out what happened. And he intervenes, telling him that he can't, uh, he can't kill these guys. He's going to kill them if he keeps going. So they end up getting in a fight. Casey wins, uh, runs off, and goes to beat up some other thieves that are stealing a car radio. Uh, he goes to town on them. Uh, he's about to kill one until Raph shows up again after tracking him down and stops him. This then turns into another fight between Raphael and Casey. And eventually Raphael wins and gives Casey a lecture about uh, letting the crime fit the punishment. The two kind of respect one another and a bromance is born. Uh, <laughs> they, hear, <laughs> they hear a person call for help and then they go off together to help them. And that's where that issue ends. So on our next issue, the turtles decide to get out of April's apartment for some exercise. They've been kind of cooped up there for a while. Uh, while they're out and about, some foot ninja ambush them because, you know, naturally they're pissed about them having killed their master. So a battle ensues. Uh, during this battle, uh, Raphael falls off the roof. Uh, and to save himself, he grabs onto a clothesline, swings in through a window, uh, in onto a, a couple. Uh, he runs out, gets back up on the roof. Uh, to help his brothers out. Mikey then uh, gets cut by some guys, gets pretty injured at the very end of the battle. So after they finish off all of the ninjas, they notice a, the TCRI building in the distance is the first time they've discovered it. And they want to go check it out, but they then decide that they should probably come back at a better time because uh, Mikey's injured and it's getting a little late in the, in the night. So they go back to April's and rest and fix up. April comes back with a brand new perm and, you know, then mothers, the guys asks him, you know, what, what, what happened? What's going on? And tries to, you know, like take care of them and, and clean them. And during this whole thing, we see that someone is spying on them. Some mystery person, the turtles uh, then fill in April on everything that's happened that whole evening and explain the TCRI building and why it's important. They then go to the TCRI building. They can't find any doors on the outside. So they break into the building next door, go up to the top of it, use a line to get across from one roof to the next. And after getting past the security there, they get into a roof access door. They then explore the building and it's even stranger on the inside than it is on the outside. And they eventually find Splinter floating in a stasis tank. At this point, they have now tripped the alarms. The Utram come rushing in with guns to stop them. Uh, and of course, you know, the turtles don't back down. Uh, fighting starts and they eventually start making their retreat out the back way. They find an exit, but it's on the other side of a very strange machine that seems to be very important to the Utram because they're refusing to shoot around it. Mikey tries to provide a distraction so his brothers can run to the exit. Uh, he grabs onto some some sort of piping or cords above him and goes to swing for it, but his injured arm fails him as he's trying to swing. 
and he ends up falling on top of a control panel, which activates the machine while his brothers are all still on it. Uh, this begins making the brothers fade. So Mikey chases after them and they all disappear. And that's the big cliffhanger ending of issue number four. All right. So if we want to get into the second time around, let's get into the second time around. Hey, nice junk. So uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting is they're still trying to figure out the family dynamic that I noticed is that uh, Raphael doesn't call like Mikey his brother. He calls him his best friend. Yeah, like buddy a lot. Yeah. But I do know, notice that Mike calls Raphael Raph. Mm-hmm. But Leo always calls him Raphael, the full name. Like he's like he's always in trouble and saying yeah. the full name. You know? he's, yeah. always, he's always using like the full mom name. Yeah, exactly. He's very much being the mother character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they kind of it feels like they're they're feeling out that whole family dynamic, but they didn't make they haven't made it in a way where they're like officially calling one another family yet. Like, I, I still don't feel like they have defined personalities yet. Like, you can see it forming. Mm-hmm. Like, Ra- Raph's always been the hothead. Like, I think that's the one thing they always decided on. Yeah. But, like, Mikey's not quite there yet. Donnie's getting, like, he, uh, we see in the next issue that he's kind of more techie. Like, he, he's, he, he knows how a camera works. Yeah, he's got and- his bag of tricks. Yeah, and Leo's the leader. Like mm-hmm. they they have those kind of one dimensional personalities. They haven't they haven't gone any further than that yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the micros were supposed to flesh out their personalities, but like they already knew Raph clearly because he's been the hothead this whole time. And even yeah. at the end of the end of issue four, like he loses his temper again. So they've, they've got that down. He's like the Wolverine character, right? Yeah, yeah. and I, I and I think that goes like that speaks very heavily into how the turtles kind of were created like kevin and eastman or kevin kevin and peter like they wanted to ape frank miller a lot yeah so much that there's a pic- a poster for ronin frank miller's comic book that a lot of this is based on um a lot of the last ronin is based on mm-hmm. is there's a poster for it in casey's apartment yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, like back behind a beam ish kind of hard to see but, but yeah, but I mean, uh, but around this time too, like Frank Miller's big thing was the Wolverine comic. So mm-hmm. like they've basically made Raph into their Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's even, if he holds those sides just right, he's even getting mm-hmm. the Wolverine, you know, weapons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they probably wrote this book first simply because they already had his personality nailed down. They knew exactly True. what they were going for. It's probably why they wrote his. Yeah. And, and Kevin said a lot of the times, like, like he loves Raph. Like mm-hmm. Raph is his favorite turtle. Um, and then also like he loves Casey. So it's like this, the, this had to be the first book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Raphael number one is like the, the prototypical Kevin Eastman story too. It's like mm-hmm. character doing something kind of mundane a weird situation dropped into their lap and then it's just go 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 until the end of where it's resolved and uh i mean he, he uses that story format a whole lot and, and no one does it as well as him either yeah yeah it's a very action-packed you know he loves making action scenes in his comic books yeah like i i read the um the idw collection like the big hardback book and what i found interesting was a lot of the notes um after the book so like there's a lot of notes by Kevin, like things he remembered. And uh, he, he talks a lot about how he like he choreographed certain like the, the Mikey Raph fight at the beginning of the book. He wanted that to flow a certain way. 
um, the two muggers uh, that Raph stumbles upon are Kevin and Peter. Yeah, yes. like they're caricatures of them. Uh, stuff Peter's like that. Cut too. He's got some. He's got some muscle on his arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny because like I I was reading it and I I hadn't gotten to those notes yet. And I was like, that looks like Kevin and Peter. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, that, oh, yeah. like, he has a stupid little mustache that he had back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's so Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, th- that was that was a lot of fun to read. Um, yeah, and Casey is like weirdly, like, like, he's weirdly cut and like hot. <laughs> he's got like that V on his yeah. waist. Got the, um, the bubbly kind of muscles that really glisten. Yeah. In well, like I cracked, I cracked up because like when Raph knocks him out in the park at the end, Raph's like pulling his shirt up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And I'm like, this is a weird angle. Yeah. Like I had to take really a picture is. and like send it to my friend. And I was like, what do you think of this? He's like, there's a lot of subtext here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh also he didn't know he was looking at a ninja turtle panel so it's just no, kinda, yeah. i kind of sent it without context to him <laughs> it's the way to do it uh, yeah i like to favorite. i like to drop that in on my friends sometimes <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorite stuff it's just out of context comics <laughs> but, i mean overall overall it was fun and uh it it's kind of cool to see how much of this they adapted into the first movie yeah oh yeah like Raphael like, number one is basically just like that fight scene in the park with Casey Jones, mm-hmm. 26 pages, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, even just the, like the Casey watching TV thing, I do think it was, it's kind of funny because like Casey is such a weirdo at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, Oh yeah. I'm watching bad TV. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go save New York. Like that happens all on one page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he just up and decides Wait, to do it. The bottom third of a page, too. Not even the bottom third page. of the page is yeah. when he decides to do it. So yeah. it's it, it's just it's kind of funny that like I feel like Casey originally like because because Kevin mentioned like he this was a prank towards Peter. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of wonder if Casey was supposed to be just a one shot character, not show up again, and then and then he just got popular. Yeah, now I mean, the design for him is awesome. Like his character design is is great. Yeah, like the like the, that kind of Jason hockey mask, like yeah. mm-hmm. that looks cool. Um, but like he's always been dis- like Mar- specifically Mirage Casey. He's always been described as like a smelly, crazy guy, mm-hmm. like that you wouldn't want to trust or meet in a dark alley. And it's like I get that from this book. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you seen the the concept art for Casey Jones? No. Uh-uh. Okay, so I have. It's called Kevin Eastman's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Autobiography. Huh. So it's like the first eleven or so issues, and kind of all of Kevin Eastman's notes. But he's got uh, concept art for Casey Jones that just looks awful. I mean, it's Casey Jones in like a backwards cap with a towel <laughs> hanging down from it. He's in a skin tight oh, yeah. suit. He's got a harness that holds baseball bats on his back. Mm-hmm. He was going to call him like, like shortstop or lefty or DH for designated hitter. Like it, it looks awful. All right, but that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, but then I guess uh, Peter Laird suggested the the golf bag, and that's kind of when it all came together. And I, I love that design because it looks like you know if you were going to go fight crime, 
tonight with what you had in your house. You just pick up all the heavy sports equipment you yeah. have. And yeah. Bust some heads. Like it looks like you just. It really looks like he just decided to do it and just picked up. Yeah, his house. yeah. It looks great. Yeah. It's like he didn't even change his outfit. He's literally wearing the crop top he was. For. <laughs> yeah. He actually, actually, no, he did change because he put the shirt on. He put on. Oh, yeah. He he specifically chose this crop top to wear. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is like there's like a little umbrella, not a little, but there's like an umbrella in his hockey bag. Like there's a little nooked handle. Like he's mm-hmm. got an umbrella in there. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. How, how are you guys reading this? Do you have like the original? I've got the ultimate collection. Yeah, I have books. the I have the ultimate collection. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have Raphael number one, like the original print. It's oh it's signed and got a sketch by Kevin Eastman on the inside of it. Beautiful. Um wow. there's a couple cool things about it. One is that uh Steve Bissett and Stan Sakai both wrote in to the turtle tracks in the very beginning and said like really nice things about the book and all this. Wow. It's pretty amazing for the fourth issue of a comic book for those two to, to write in. But yeah. uh you know, a lot of those old Mirage covers were wraparound, but Raphael number one is yes, not I didn't know a wraparound that. cover. It's actually two, it's a front and a back. And on the back is Casey and Raph, and there's like a bunch of beer cans on the roof that they're jumping off of, but Casey is jumping off with an umbrella like Mary Poppins. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> it's really That's cool. Funny. Yeah, I just, I just noticed the umbrella and I was like, wow, that is like, I don't know everyone always kind of has like oh yeah he's got his bag of sports equipment you know it's you know it's yeah. sports stuff in there but he's got like an umbrella just <laughs> in there with the rest of it yeah. I don't know I just have found something seen, really humorous about it have you seen the second printing cover yeah with uh, him with guns <laughs> oh. so, so it's wrapped with an Uzi and like Casey with like a Rambo gun so oh, when they God, would I do a lot of those second prints they would often put like another story a backup story in it so the mm-hmm. second print has a story called Fun with Guns, which is Raph and Casey. It's, uh, it's If you've read uh, Body Count, it's basically the same story. They like are doing something mundane and a bunch of muggers come and they, yeah. they, beat them up and they find a, a bulletproof suit that plays into it. So Yeah, that one's in uh, number six of the Ultimate Collection. So like number six has just like a bunch of all those short stories. So I have read that one. That one's a lot of fun. Okay. Now there's so Mike, you were saying that you thought uh, Casey was supposed to be a one-off character, but there is in Team and Team Number Four that guy that's that's smoking and watching them. That is supposed to be Casey Jones. Is it? Yeah. So, and okay, so going forward, then so I was reading uh, Kevin's annotations on that one, and he says he can't remember what that character was. Yeah. So Peter Layard had a blog. And he, in his blog, found his notes for issue 11. And in issue 11, it says, Casey has been spying on them since back in issue four. And Peter Layer didn't remember doing it. Like, it's right here in my notes. I see it right here. Oh, is that the so, old planet? Is that, is that his old, like, Planet Racers blog? Uh, I think it's just called, like, the Peter Layer blog. Yeah. I'm sure he does Planet Racer stuff on there, too, probably, though. But Yeah, it's, it's very, it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, just, I don't know, gold for people who are fans of like the 2003 oh, yeah. series well, yeah. I, I used to go to that comics. site and i would print off the sketches he would do like the i think it was the fourth movie where he put up those uh turnarounds of of everybody like donnie and all the tech gear and oh, like yeah. leo with the rising sun bandana mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i used to print those out and like i would color them myself oh cool like back i think this was like freshman year in high school when i found that yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty old blog but yeah, yeah. oh it's like blog spot like but like early yeah. blog spot yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's way old now so 
I mentioned that fun with guns uh, uh, story. At the very last panel of that is Raphael and Casey Jones sitting on the couch. And on Casey Jones' TV is an ashtray. And that's the only reference I've ever found to Casey Jones being a smoker. Hmm. So hmm. there you go. Apparently he smokes and he's been spying on the turtles in April across the street for who knows how long. <laughs> I mean, it's the 80s. What cool guy didn't smoke? Oh, yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, he's, got that ash, he's got that ashtray in this panel from issue four. So. I smoked and it was only, you know, I was one year old in 89, <laughs> but it was the 80s. So I smoked. Everybody <laughs> smoked in the 80s. Yeah, it was, everybody did it. It was the cool thing. So the other thing that I kind of noticed, though, in this in this Raphael issue is that it seems kind of because like I know a lot of people always talk about how in the Mirage series, the turtles straight up murder people and they do they do, you know, kill foot ninja, but it almost kind of seems like they have like a code to it, you know, because Raphael stops Casey from killing some muggers like he's like, these guys shouldn't be dead. You know, so well, it's yeah, like, he, he specifically says like the punishment's got to fit the crime. Yeah. So it's like yeah. if someone is like is willing to kill them or is going to kill them, it seems like they're totally okay with killing people who are trying to kill them. But yeah, well, he he kills that foot soldier that that slashes Mike's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah he goes nuts on those guys. <laughs> I think there's like two of them, and he kills like both of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like two of them in issue four. But there's also even before that, like Leo's you know slashing open the stomach of of one of the of one of the foot soldiers in a panel yeah, as well. Yeah, it's like a it's like a stomach, and then like he gets one in the neck too. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they're cool with killing foot soldiers, no matter what. Yeah, it's like foot soldiers and the purple dragons in issue one. Like, they were okay with killing mm. those guys. But after that, it seems like they just don't really believe in in killing anyone else. Because even in a in one of the later issues where they, like, fight those terrorists that are going to, like, bring a bomb into New York. Yeah. Raphael is, like, drowning one, but then Splinter says, hey, cut it out. And he, like, mm-hmm. stops drowning the guy and, like, lets him go. So I think, it's, I think he's, it's more... I think it's more like they're okay with killing, but like unnecessarily being cruel when they kill these guys. I think that's, I think that's the line, like the drowning, like holding Mm -hmm. a dude underwater, like that's not a quick death. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I just kind of find it interesting because I feel like they, you know, kind of have a bit of a a code, you know, kind of noticed. Yeah. They do seem to. Yeah. Well, I think, I think because it's, it's around this time too, where I think they stopped, treating it like a parody of those frank miller books where there was just gore and blood Mm -hmm. and i think like we had said at the top like they're they're starting to define tmnt at least what they wanted back then it's like this is we're Mm -hmm. still pre-cartoon yeah so yeah i i I think they're like "Mm, maybe we should dial back the the wanton killing well i mean maybe yeah you'll see yeah. in city at war that it gets pretty pretty gory <laughs> yeah pretty killy yeah that, no, that's true now we so we are pre-cartoon but we're not pre-merchandise that's right uh, Raphael number one i think they start advertising merchandise there's like iron-ons for t-shirts which aren't really a thing anymore uh i think they did a set of like a thousand buttons and then some lead minifigures for board games which are pretty cool I remember the I remember the lead minifigures. I never had them, but I saw them in like a catalog. Yeah, I've um, seen them around. I just you know have never, I never had them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of merchandise, like I, I I just wanted to bring this up. Um, the uh, Keith, you you might you might remember these. Remember the um, like the action turtles, the ones that look like they looked like the Mirage turtles. Oh, and they would like. 
they do like they did like a backflip or something yeah those are cool ones i remember like i remember looking at those like when i was younger and i was like oh these are the real ninja turtles like (laughs) like yeah like i think it was i think it was like eight or ten when those ones came out and i always wanted them because like that was my first introduction to the books oh nice because i was like why do these look so different Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a really weird like variation of them to choose to look like the old yeah turtles but they looked really cool i remember i had a leo and had don because i was always confused because leo only has one sword and don has two bow staffs he's got two bow staffs on his back why don't you just flip them and you can't remove them that's what bugged me about it yeah because they like to flip the sword is what stops him from just tumbling backwards all, all over the place. Yeah, I probably has to do it the weight. Yeah. Yeah, I think Don, for Donatello, it's it's the even weight distri- distribution because I think Donatello cartwheels. Yeah. And Leo flips. I think Leo does a backflip. Yeah. And I think Raph did a front flip, maybe. I forget what Mike did. Hmm. I didn't have either of those. So. Well, if you have. If you haven't, I highly recommend tmnttoys.com. That is like my Bible when I have to go research in, uh, oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles action figures. That's huh. If I'm ever just bored, I look at that because that, that person has just cataloged every toy possible to me. Oh, yeah. Like he, pretty much everything is here. Like if you need to reference something, like some of the groups I'm in, like somebody's like, oh, like I don't know what this piece is. And I like, I can eyeball it and then go find it. I'm mean, like, that's yeah. a 2003. Let me go check the 2003 section here. Man, it's a, well, if it's I a ever very wanted old to get... website, but it's a good one. It's a very good one, yeah. I mean, if it's got all the information there, you know, it does. <laughs> I, I think he's even typed out for most of the like Playmates ones, like their description on the back mm-hmm. of the card, so you get all their like vital statistics or whatever. So it's really yeah. Cool. He's got he's got card information. He's got the box information. Um, the re-releases he's got those on there um so you can kind of compare the 88 party wagon to the 2013 party wagon that's really cool wow yeah i'm on it right now i'm trying to find that that figure (laughs) i'm trying (laughs) to find what they were called um anyway yeah um while you're looking for that i have two more quick things for my second time around little trivia kind of things so that art biography I mentioned earlier, it also has some concept art for different costumes for the Ninja Turtles. I guess between issues one and two, they were looking at like each turtle having their own costume instead of them all looking alike. Hmm. Uh, it, ne- it never made it into a, a Mirage book, but it's actually the costumes that they use in the Archie TMNT adventures when they go to space to wrestle. Those wrestling costumes are their, their scrapped uh, different outfits for the, for the comic book. Huh. But uh, part of that concept art is a robotic hand for Mike. And it says next to it, uh, Mike's hand in the future is cut off and Don builds, builds him the cyborg hand. Then he'll wear a glove on one hand. I've got to think, I mean, Spencer, in, in that summary, you talked about Mike having a cut on his arm like three or four times. Yeah. I have to think that that's like a remnant of this idea that he was supposed to get a cyborg hand at some point. Uh-huh. It just quite came to fruition. But I think they were thinking about that when they cut his arm. Well, that's that's interesting because in in the story arc in the 2003 series, and same as it never was, Mikey only has one arm. Yeah, yeah. And it's got to be a reference to that. I would think so. Yeah. To quote George Lucas, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when this kind of stuff just comes back around. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The other thing I want to mention, there's, there's two design 
changes in this issue. And, and one Spencer mentioned, which is April gets a perm. Yeah. Which is a huge announcement. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, she has that perm like through the 90s too. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, the I- other is that I noticed that the turtle's belts change. And uh, it, it starts in Raphael, number one, but they go from this like cloth tied in the front belt to a belt that's like leather and stitched together. Huh. They, they use that for most of the rest of this run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because and I think even Raph, because at the beginning of the book, Raph and Mikey aren't wearing their belts. And then when Raph goes up to the roof to cool off, he grabs that belt. Yeah. So April must have had those laying around the second time around. And they just you know, picked them up, paid whatever money they had for it. <laughs> Took them. <laughs> yeah, it's April. She's, you know, it's like, because like she's already immersed into her mother, big sister role. She probably just gave it to him. It's like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah, also Leo, this is that's the issue where Leo got the straps over his shoulder for the katanas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah, is I, weird stuff I noticed. I only ever even looked at it because I, I was reading issue nine where they're preteens and those mm-hmm. that was. And I was like, I wonder if they ever change. And this is where I noticed it. That's a, that's interesting. I, I totally missed that detail. I have something that uh, didn't age well in the book, but it's also my only anchovy for these comic books. So we'll just move it on over into anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So my thing is that there's kind of that... Uh, that crutch that's in a lot of Silver Age comics that they use, and as well as in, in the, it was there in the 80s too, where they have characters announcing like what they're doing instead of like just showing it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, Michelangelo, I think when he's swinging from that cord, he says something like, oh no, my arm is. He's, he's, it, it threw me off too because he specifically says, my arm, the wound from the other night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, who talks like that except people who are writing <laughs> yes exactly it's it's one of those things it's an old silver age comic books i know it was all over in like that you know i think it's like in the giant sized x-men run as well you know just people being like oh he's throwing the ball to me you know like wow yeah. is this well, happening yeah it was um <laughs> what i laughed was donatello's whole like when he was tricking the camera how he mm-hmm. described everything he's doing like this camera's got a problem. First, an instant photo of the area scanned by the camera. Then I'll attach it to this holder and put that in front of the lens. I did mm-hmm. think the I did think the uh, the pigeon puppet was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, like, I like the way he he takes care of all those security systems. It's it's really an interesting uh, segment of that book. Really I like cool. that they specifically went out of their way to brand the camera that Donatello <laughs> did, did he took a Polaroid with a Kodak <laughs> I just thought that was funny yeah yeah Peter Peter Laird has his his brands and his things that he likes and it wouldn't surprise me if Kodak was one of them you know yeah he, Diet uh, Coke I think is another one yeah like he he straight up like plugs Apple in volume four of the comic books <laughs> so oh, like, yeah yeah he's got a part where some guy's just like it's a good thing I have an Apple because I can do this and this and this thing with it, you know, because you wouldn't be able to do that with a normal computer type thing. Right. Hmm. I thought it was kind of weird that the turtles just happened upon the TCRI building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this huge building in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. And they just have never seen it before. It To me, it kind of implied that like the turtles 
aren't native New Yorkers like they usually are. So yeah, I always kind of took it as they're in a new part of New York. Like mm. they lived in the sewers in this area. That okay. Was maybe kind of around where April worked. And now that they're living with April, they're, you know, just enough blocks away that they're seeing some new stuff. Yeah. Well, that and they're getting out more, I think, because it seems like they've yeah. stayed pretty resided to the sewers until issue one. No, you're right. I, I just, that just stuck out to me that it's like, but, yeah, we didn't, I, notice, we didn't notice this giant building with the yeah. logo. And unfortunately, like a lot of these Turtles comics kind of rely on like, we're doing something and then something falls into our lap. And in this case, it's mm-hmm. the TCRI building. Sometimes it's uh, Casey Jones. Sometimes it's uh, two alien women from outer space who are fighting for control of their planet, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it is just like the turtles always happen to just get into the craziest situation somehow. It's yep. almost like they they call for bad luck. Yeah. Also, like, I I I appreciate that they did that because really they had no lead on where Splinter was at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they at least like moved that plot forward a bit. Yeah. No, it's definitely a big coincidence, but you know if you want to reference. Uh, you know what they were inspired by what they grew up reading silver age comics are also full of all sorts of coincidences yeah i was like reading a green lantern book the other day uh from that era and one of them like has the narrator narrating you know as the writer writer himself saying this is the only coincidence i'm allowed to this book in this book according to my editor or something like that <laughs> I, lo- I love fourth wall breaks like that oh yeah, yeah. Some great, I feel like uh, they want to, I feel like they like Kevin and Peter want to do that in here and they just haven't yet. Yeah, I think they keep it pretty contained. They don't really break the fourth wall, but they definitely have just a whole ton of inspiration from you know the comic books that they that they grew up reading uh, and and what was going on at the time as well with Frank Miller. And they there's just a huge love of comic books that they have and they just combined so many of those tropes and so many of those things all together into one story. And I think that's what makes Ninja Turtles so fantastic for me. I think so here here's my thing. Like I said in I said in the last episode, like Turtles is inherently silly. Mm-hmm. And like we as fans, like we can lose sight of that sometimes and want our more serious takes on turtles. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out which at what point did Kevin and Peter decide that this wasn't going to be a parody anymore? Cause, cause like you said, Keith, like it, like stuff keeps just happening. And it's like, it's silly that they keep that these like, Oh, like we met the, we met the Utrams in this, in this issue. And it's like, so now we've, now we went from ninjas to aliens and it's like, how, how, how silly is things just going to keep like, how weird can they get? I mean, sci-fi comic books just in general just get super weird like you know going back to like was this always a sci-fi comic because like the first couple issues aren't really sci-fi right but tcri is on the canister in that first issue so they were at least planning that far ahead okay that there was tcri and whether or not that was supposed to be aliens or supposed to be something else you know but Uh, but you you get what i mean though like right like yeah like at what point did they decide to stop being silly and i think i think this arc is supposed to be a parody of secret wars because it's got it's mm-hmm. got some like four-part name that i can never remember but it's like the super duper secret space wars or something so i'm i'm pretty sure they're still 
kind of in the parody of Daredevil and Marvel comics. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It and like I said, it, it definitely plays on a lot of those those coincidences and like just the sci-fi tropes. Because like I was reading a Green Lantern comic the other day, where this guy sends a missile at Green Lantern that hits him so hard it splits his Green Lantern personality from his Hal Jordan personality. And so he's existing in two places at once because he was hit so hard. You know, just sci-fi comics, especially at that time, could get absolutely off the wall ridiculous. Now, was the missile yellow? No, it wasn't. No, (laughs) just had a fist to to punch him. But uh, Beautiful. Yeah, it was shaped like a dude and launched at him and then it just extending arm just launches a fist at him and it punches him so hard he splits into two personalities it's absolutely ridiculous uh and i think like i said that's kind of where they're taking from here because peter laird was bigger into like the sci-fi comics Mm -hmm. uh and meanwhile kevin eastwood was more into the the gritty war street level hero type comics Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just both of them just kind of passing off back and forth like they normally do yeah. Uh, between the two different stuff they like uh, and they liked writing about. Yeah. I do think by maybe issue seven or eight, they're kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And I know eight's the, I think eight is the crossover with Cerebus. So that you can maybe say is a parody of Cerebus, but mm-hmm. definitely by nine, I think they're starting to go in their own direction. And then 10, 11, the Leonardo are, are kind of all their own thing. So. Yeah. It's very much its own thing at that point. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was the cover for issue four. As this is more of a second time around, but that cover for issue four, especially the second print cover by Michael Dooney, especially the second print cover. Yeah. That is, that is, I think, what everybody th- thinks of when they think of Mirage Turtles. Yeah. Specifically because of the NES game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was on the NES game. How many yeah. confused kids? Why are oh. they all wearing red? Why are they all wearing yeah. red? Because they weren't wearing red in the game either. Right. <laughs> Why did they pick this cover? Of, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so one of my favorite memories is uh, so at the at the 2009 San Diego Comic Con, that was the 25th anniversary for Turtles, mm-hmm. and so I actually got that print of the wraparound issue four cover. Um, and Michael Dooney signed it and remarked it for me. Oh, awesome! So I met Kevin. Really cool. Kevin I met Kevin Eastman and Michael Dooney that year. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super yeah do you want? Cool. Uh, we kind of skimmed over your your awesome book that you were showing us before we hit. Record. Oh, do you so, want to talk about that? That was the oh, top freak. of the show. So yeah. that's actually how I read. Um, me, myself, and I the Raphael mini issue. Um, so at at the 2009 comic-con for the 25th anniversary kevin eastman wasn't part of mirage anymore Mm -hmm. so he was off doing his own thing and so he was over at the heavy metal booth and he was selling um his own 25th anniversary it was a collection of his favorite um turtles books or turtle turtles issues from mirage and so he had 500 hardcovers printed by heavy metal and I just happened to be in line and got it. And I was like, huh. So these were actually the first Mirage books that I read, like back awesome. in 2009. Because um, huh. I bought it not knowing it was a collection of his favorite books. I bought it thinking it was, you know, like the ultimate collection from IDW. Uh-huh. So I started reading like all these like weird, like, oh, 
these are a bunch of like random random issues because it's got um it's got like it's got fun me and with myself guns. and I. Uh, it does have fun with guns. Yeah. Um, Complete Carnage and Radical uh, by him and Jim Lawson. You had to be there. Uh, Turtles take time. The Unmentionables. 49th Street Stompers. Mm-hmm. So, and it's actually what I think is funny is it's got the same cover, minus the 25th anniversary, as the autobiography book. Right. Hmm. <laughs> And so I did some more research on this book and they've actually used this cover several times. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it was originally on the first comics or the fir- first publishing color reprints book four had it. It's on the art of biography and it's on the, the 20, the quarter century celebration. Mm. Yeah. And that's actually, yeah, that's, that's what this is. The quarter, the quarter century celebration book. Yeah, I have so, it too, but it's not a it's not signed or hardcover. It's just a, a floppy. Yeah, so I found that I found that out after. So there, so I have the hardcover. There's 500 of these, and then the soft cover doesn't have the big 25 on it. Right. But he so he was doing sketches, and I asked for Shredder. That's really oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So not knowing that Shredder had died in the first issue. <laughs> I think he. I think he said I was the only person I'd asked for Shredder at that point. Oh wow! I don't know if he was signing these books in order because I had number four hundred eleven. <laughs> so if he signed four hundred books and didn't draw Shredder, I was I would be a little surprised. Right. So this is maybe a, a, a not safe for work conversation. So if you're if you're at work or you're with someone who doesn't want to hear this, maybe pause <laughs> now and, and come back later. But I or put I your headphones like- in. Yeah, or put your headphones in. So I, I saw Kevin Eastman at a at a comic convention, and the guy in front of me uh, was like, "I don't want him to draw a Ninja Turtle whatsoever. I want him to draw me a penis with a Ninja Turtle mask on it." <laughs> okay, it was very convincing. It was a it was a well drawn phallus with a with a very nice mask on it. Yeah. Wow. What do he you know? He'd never he'd never been asked that before. Probably There's, never will be again. With as many veins as the action figures. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's... I mean, Kevin owned heavy metal for a while. I'm sure he was fine drawing. That kind oh of stuff. yeah, no, yeah. He clearly it was not the first one he had drawn. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, um, some of my entries for these issues is that there's still some awkwardness. Like you can tell they're still like really new at making comic books. Um, there's a part where Don suggests they go check out TCRI, and then he immediately kind of argues with himself that it's it's too close to Don for them to go. Um, there's there's one one panel of Raphael number one that really bugs me, where like Casey Jones does this like plie thing out of the way of mm-hmm. Raph trying to hit him. It, it's always bugged me. And then there's um, in issue four, and I think they've corrected this in other printings, but there's one of them says interrupted, and interrupted goes across two lines, and they clearly like forgot there were two R's in interrupted. So there's like a weird like R above the word, like like you would try and squeeze it in in, in elementary school, you know? Uh-huh. So oh, I didn't notice that. There's little things like that. So what I it, did notice is that Leo tells Raph to go up to the ro- go up to the roof and cool oof. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that either. He doesn't. Yeah, he says, "Cool, oof." Hmm. Two two O's, one F. Suddenly, he just turned into a Scottish man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, cool, oof. Yeah. Cool, oof. <laughs> yeah. Get also, it, now get I, out of here and cool, oof. Cool, oof. <laughs> I also um 
so I, I read these, I pulled out my old comics and, and read them in black and white. And then I also have those, those first publishing uh, reprints. Mm-hmm. I only noticed this because I'm, I read it in that reprint, but they take the epilogue of issue three where Splinter's fighting the Mausers and they put it at the beginning of issue four. Yeah. So if you read it that way, another beef I have is that they don't include Raphael number one in those reprints, which seems like a very key issue given that he saves their lives later on. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, in the span of like 40 pages, different characters have jumped, grabbed something on the roof and fallen. Splinter does it with the Mausers and then Michelangelo does it with the Utrons. Like, you're all ninja masters. Can you not jump and grab something off the roof and swing? You know? I mean, to be fair, they're injured and they're uh, tired fair. and they're weak. They're, you yeah. know? Okay. You know, Splinter has been fighting off Mausers for the last uh, while. You know, he's pretty tired. He's also old. And Michelangelo's arm has been cut up. And so, you know. Okay. I, I redact. Cut up some slack. You, you've talked me into it. <laughs> they, they do mention how you talk, much. You've talked me into accepting that. Yeah. They mentioned how much blood Splinter lost, at least. So I, I believe you. Okay. Yeah. I did think it was funny. I think I think it was silly at the beginning of uh, issue four when they're when they're jumping across the buildings. Um, we see a turtle yell, "Krieger Bundelo." Yeah, yeah, that, that's and it's apparently Raphael saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's a Tarzan thing, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Tarzan it? thing. Yeah, they they because I, I read it in one of the the Ultimate Collection notes. Like, like Casey Jones, for example, saying Gungala is mm-hmm. a reference to him saying something that Tarzan would say, but like he's saying it wrong. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's where Gungala comes from? Yeah. And, and so I think that that same thing that Raphael's screaming is probably, he's yelling, is probably also some sort of inside joke reference to something. They, they put a lot of those in there mm-hmm. uh, in these books, you know, just here and there. Is a phrase that Tarzan and the tribe of apes that raised him cry out to warn of danger. Huh. Gungala? No, Kriga Bundalo. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's a reference to that. That makes sense because they call him the king of the jungle right before he screams it. So. Uh, he does. Hey it's, hey, it's the king of the jungle. Okay, so that makes sense now. There we go. Mystery Soul. Man, look at that. There's some good meta context in here. That belongs in the second time around. You know, <laughs> anchovies is now just the second time around part two. <laughs> right. Well, we didn't, to be fair, we did mostly spend our time on Raphael, not issue four on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we kind of missed issue four. I love issue four. It's like one of my favorite. I, I feel like that's where this comic starts getting really good. Like, like I said, like you, you can start to see personalities mm-hmm. here. It feels, feels like it was a little rudderless before that. Like, you know, they, they had some ideas, they were kind of just tossing them out there, and here they kind of are like, all right, we're going to go to space. That's what we're doing. We're going to find Splinter after that, and then we're going to burn the whole thing down. And Well, yeah, because they, they said that before, they're like, if we had any idea that this was going to be popular, we wouldn't have killed Shredder in the first issue. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I think I think, because it, it's been at least, what, a year before, or a year between these issues? Between issue one and issue four? Mm-hmm. Not June 1985, May 1984. So, like, depending on how long it took them to make each issue, like, I think, yeah. I think they, like you said, yeah, they, they kind of figured out where they were going. They, mm-hmm. they, they found, they found their wind. Yeah, no, and you can kind of see starting an issue too, you know, with meeting April and stuff. But if, if issue four is definitely where they start kicking off the big story arc of, yeah. Of well, and you get, you get a sweet 
foot soldier fight. You get awesome ninja action with them getting into the facility and having to hide and stuff. It, yeah, I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're kind of you're you're kind of ruining anchovies here. You're talking Sorry. about what you love. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I've, I've had, had, I've had anchovies on a pizza before. Yeah. They're not that bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, are we covered on the anchovies then? Do we yeah. just want to start talking about what we love? There's not really a whole lot here to complain yeah, about. All right, we'll move on to I Love Being a Turtle. I love being a turtle! So I just love the character of Casey Jones. Uh, he's a great joke about vigilante backstories just because every vigilante ever, you know, Daredevil had his dad get gunned down and he's, you know, super angry and he's had his parents die. And you have like, you know, Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man, whose uncle was shot and he could have saved him. You know, all these vigilant Punisher, you know, he has his whole family get killed. Mm-hmm. Casey Jones has just watched cop shows and said, hey, I'm going to go out and help on the streets. Like that's that's the joke of the character is the fact that he he doesn't have a complicated backstory. He's just a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I also love his design. I love the character design of the cool mask and just the bag of hockey things. It's very much just a DUI, a DIY vigilante, you know, where he's uh, just picking up what he's got. He's going out and he's fighting. He's, he's going to go beat up pukes on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I loved about the Raphael issue is just the action. The uh, well, And all of the Ninja Turtle stuff is just the action. Kevin Eastman is amazing at choreographing comic book action scenes. And it's one of my favorite bits of the Ninja Turtle comics is it feels very cinematic. You can kind of tell what's going on and see the flow. It's, it's very fun to read. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add. I, I, I think Casey's awesome. Um, and you know, like Elias Cotias, I think is his name. The actor that played mm-hmm. him in the Elias Cotias. Yeah. He, I mean, that's like the best transition of a, a costume in a comic to the screen like he looks exactly like that and it's because like you said it's such a dui dui such a diy <laughs> thing <laughs> it's such a driving under the influence whenever i drive under the influence it's with a hockey mask and uh, you know, shorts and a cut off top yeah I, I will say i am a little disappointed that elias did not wear the crop top oh yeah film. it's not That's, quite crop it's not quite you know not quite there and the one last thing I'll say is that Elias Cotez just is not quite as ripped as Casey Jones, you know? That's, you know, that's true. true. Yeah. As the comic book one. I don't mm-hmm. think realistically anyone can be that ripped though, but right. I don't know. We're getting pretty close with not, modern day superhero movies. I was going to say, not <laughs> unless they got that Marvel money, they don't, they don't get it. Yeah. Ripped. Yeah. I, I love this depiction of Casey Jones too. I think like the more, the more they reboot Casey Jones, the more he starts to become like a superhero with hockey based superpowers. Yeah, and I always think of like the Out of the Shadows movie. Like, I don't oh. think that's a terrible movie, but mm-hmm. uh, if I could say there's anything wrong with it that kind of describes the entire movie, it's that part where Casey Jones takes the wheels off of office chairs and oh. takes them to the bottom of his shoes to make rollerblades. Yeah, like that's that line there alone is everything that's wrong with that movie, and it's everything that's wrong with Casey Jones anytime they try and remake him. Something that's not just a guy with a bunch of baseball bats and hockey sticks beating up punks. I'm yeah. 100% there with you because I actually love Out of the Shadows, mm-hmm. but I hate that Casey. Yeah, yeah. it's. <laughs> I'm gonna be a detective someday. Oh God! <laughs> oh. Yeah. Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Oh. Well, and they can't hear I, him. And, and I like Stephen Amell. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he had that. Yeah, he had that weird like Jason X, like the space Jason movie mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that was terrible. Um, and the, and the thing is, like, there's moments where I like it. Like, I like him doing that interrogation scene because that mm-hmm. felt like vigilante Casey, just going nuts and breaking the stuff in the bar. Yeah. Mm. But but that didn't translate to anything else in the movie. Like. You well, never got right. to see that kind of him going crazy. Apparently, mm-hmm. they didn't even give Stephen Amell any like material about Casey Jones. Like, they just pulled it out weird of the hat. He was like, he was such a proponent for the movie. Like, he had a good time. Yeah, and he yeah. was, and he was like hyping it up. He's like, oh yeah, I love being Casey Jones. Yeah, and it's like, well, okay, did you like being Casey Jones or did you like being this character in this movie yeah. named yeah. Casey Jones? Did you like yeah. the paycheck? Yeah, yeah. Did you like the paycheck? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's why, like, I definitely, when it comes to Casey Jones, I prefer, like, this comic. I love the 2003 version as well. You know, when he's when he's a DIY, not DUI, but a DIY, like, vigilante, you know, just grabbing baseball bats out of the back of his thing, I, to me, that's when he's at his best. Yeah. You know, it's just this original creation idea. Because even, like, in the 2012 series, it once again kind of becomes hockey is a superpower. He's skating around everywhere. Well, he's got hockey pucks with uh with firecrackers or whatever on yeah. Them. yeah i don't know if you've ever been hit with a hockey puck but like that is enough they don't yeah. need to you don't, yeah you, you don't need to <laughs> dial it up a little bit more. yeah um, but then, just yeah, the he's, what he's, he's got the electrical the electric goalie pad with yeah the, the little it's got like a it's got a potato masher in yeah it's a potato it's masher that's hooked up to a battery um mm. 2012 is my second least favorite casey yeah I, same i cannot look at him I cannot listen to him, and I hate that he became a main character in the show. Yeah, no, there's definitely something that ends up becoming, especially like the 2003 one. I think the reason why, besides nostalgia, why I latch onto that one as far as the different versions of Casey Jones is because there's also something that's kind of lovable about the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they put See, something in there with him that you like him. You're, you're, no, you're right. Like, I love a good himbo, and 2003 is a, is a perfect himbo Casey. Like, mm-hmm. I, you're right. Like, as much as I don't care for 2003 is like, that's, it's not my favorite turtles. I really love that Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, cause he just wants to do good, but he's dumb about how he does good. And mm-hmm. he's, he's a good DIY hero. Yeah. He does get a little too stupid towards the end, but he does. I, he, 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 he takes a couple stupid pills, but that's also because 2003 kind of takes a nosedive. Yeah. I um, will say, and I'm sure we'll talk about this when we get to that issue, but I, there are things that 2003 improved on in the Mirage series. Mm-hmm. I think Casey's entrance when they're burning down the second time around in the cartoon is way better than the comic. Cause in the comic, he's just like, he throws a sheet over his head and kind of hangs out in the second time around. But in the cartoon, he like drives his motorcycle through the front door and runs <laughs> over foot soldiers. But yeah. is Amazing. It, but is it as good as the movie? Uh, that's pretty good too. Yeah, the whole the place movie, stops. Yeah. So yeah the, <laughs> So like for me in terms of Casey's, it's 1990. Uh, I really like IDW's Casey. Yeah, I like that one too a lot. Uh, 2003's. Uh, I forgot what other Casey I was gonna say, <laughs> but I actually I actually like the Mirage Casey um, because he is so crazy. Yeah. Like I don't idolize him, but I think he's, I think he's a. Uh, I think he was good for this story. I think he was a good foil for Raph to kind of show Raph like how much he could go off that deep end. Mm-hmm. Another thing I loved about issue four, 
however, were the Utroms. I really, I, I, I've always kind of liked the Utroms. Um, I really liked their reveal and how like we, they're kind of horrifying in concept, but like, you know, like later on we find out they're actually not bad. Yeah. So I, I think, I think the Utroms is a concept. Like, I think this was a good intro to kind of like show the turtles are actually the ones invading the Utroms base and the Utroms are just protecting themselves. Whereas like later, like, you know, they become the Krang in 2012 and like, they take those concepts and reverse it so the turtles with the good guys again. Yeah, but yeah. here, like here, we're rooting for the turtles, but in actuality, they're kind of messing up everything. Right. Yeah. They're not called uh, the Utrams yet either. No, they're not. Yeah. And the first time they'll call them the Utrams is in the role playing game. Actually, right now they're just called TCRI aliens. Huh. And that was and that was another thing is like the 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 role playing game is actually what fleshed out a lot of the turtle universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Which that that was also that also happened with Star Wars in the eighties too. Oh yeah, like the because the expanded universe wasn't a thing that much in the eighties. So like they did like the West End Games role playing book, and that's actually what defined a lot of Star Wars. So when you go back to like reading old Legends material, it's because of the role playing game essentially. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. The other thing that I loved about the Utrom was just the design of their robots. Mm-hmm. Like I wish they would have just used that design for Crank in <laughs> yeah in like the 1987 series yeah it would have he would have aged better as far as his look goes I, I mean I imagine they've probably switched up the design because they wanted more color they wanted more color for this character yeah. uh, and to make him shinier and things and they also I think they tried to make him look like some sort of biomechanical body mm-hmm. instead of uh, a robot body you know because they had the whole Frankenstein thing going on with him. So that's probably why they they changed the designs, but I love, I just love Peter's robot designs. They are, in my opinion, fantastic. I think that was one of the best things that 2012 did was adapting these robots into Mm -hmm. the modern day. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good thing they draw a lot of like triceratops and robots and stuff because they're not great at drawing human faces. They're really not. Yeah. Yeah. They they play it to their strengths, you know, they they put hockey masks on, they draw turtles, you know. April varies wildly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now, it, it gets better as it goes. It does oh yeah, get better. like yeah, they Definitely. they they like they become better artists through practice here. Yeah, like I can see it. Now, does your print of the of the issue four wrap around? So I I have the the first print of that. And oh, on the wrap around on the yeah. back, there's an Utrom who's like, like their body, their skin is unzipped in the back. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, on your on yours at all? I don't remember seeing in the that. epilogue. I'd have to look. Oh no, you're talking about the cover. Sorry, back cover. I'd have, yeah, I'd have to look. It's on it my wall right now. Real like it's horrifying because if you think like if you peel your skin back yeah, and I'm gonna like, go look like, real alien quick. back. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> but I think it plays in really well to just how how sinister they look. Yeah, no, they and they've got like that weird like jagged mouth design that kind of makes them look scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like I don't know how to say it other than that like you know it's almost like teeth but they're not yeah teeth. they have like the, the interlacing teeth but they're like tentacles almost yeah yeah real gross yeah it makes them look real gross and real kind of scary yep. it is right there yeah isn't that gross that oh. is real I've never noticed that uh yeah it's always stuck out to me just because it's so creepy and so gross huh never noticed that um i remember the other casey i was going to mention uh rise casey 
specifically because she starts out as a crazy beat up everybody kind of person. So yeah. I haven't watched a lot of Rise. Is this still so, the, the foot recruit? She, yeah. So we find out in the finale, foot recruit is Casey. Oh, okay. Right. I, feel um, like they, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like they could have named her Jenica and it would have worked even better because that's Jenica's story arc is a foot ninja that turns into an ally of the turtles. It, 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 it does and it doesn't. I mean, like Jenica, when they made that episode, Jenica wasn't that popular yet. Yeah, but I mean, Cause they because they made these episodes. I can't years ago. Yeah, but I can't help but feel like they kind of modeled the character after her a little bit. I mean, she's got the short hair, mm-hmm. like very similar in a lot of ways. So, I mean, it. I'm not. I'm not saying that's not a possibility. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the cartoon production was way before Jenica yeah. was in the books. So, it, it Jenica might have even been inspired by this. Mm. Maybe not because Jenica is also Sophie Campbell's thing. Um, yeah, and they kind of well. I mean, the human character wasn't really Sophie Campbell's thing. The design for the turtle oh, was, true, yeah. but you're you know you're right. But going back to like Rise Casey, like she is crazy, like this early Mirage Casey is. Hmm. Okay, so I need to watch more Rise. I've only seen like five episodes, but I've liked what I've seen. So it's it's a lot of fun. Like I said. Yeah, I think one of my favorite scenes from like issue number four is when Raphael crashes into the apartment with the couple that's like, you know, where the, the husband's trying to romance the wife. Yeah. Like that, the yeah. kids are the kids will hear. Yeah. Uh, the honey, Cagney and Lacey is almost over. Yeah. And then it's he's like, like that's a in. that's a Peterism right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do love that he he just like runs back up the stairwell back onto the roof. And like yeah. It seems like the other turtles haven't even noticed he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just runs up there. There's just something really, really comical about it. It's definitely a scene I would love to see. In, I mean, they, they put it in the 2003 series, but I'd love to like see even again in a movie. I could yeah. like that scene every single time I read it in the book. It makes me makes me laugh. It's great. It's one of my favorites. And I guess the other thing that's fun about the story for me is that it's just like a mystery story. You know, these the turtles have discovered the TCRI building and they're trying to figure out what it's all about. Uh, and so it definitely makes the first time read through a lot of fun as there's yeah. some suspense and, and things as they're going through the building and trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's going on. I really like, uh, like, like what I said last time, my favorite turtle is Donatello. And I really like mm-hmm. him in this issue because like in issue two, he's kind of established as a, as a smart guy already, but he like, he knows about computer viruses and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I like this version of intelligence better where he's just like, He's thought it through. He's like, all right, to get into this building, there's probably going to be security cameras. I'll make this puppet. I'll bring this Polaroid. Yeah, like he's not he's not techie smart. He's more tactical smart. Yeah, and I, I like that because I think it makes more sense too. I mean, he's been living in a sewer his whole life, training as a ninja. This is the yeah, kind like, of thing he should be smart in. Like that's always been one of the weirdest things about Turtles in general is that like Donatello is the smart one, but he's also like a roboticist. Yeah, or and a, portals and a biologist, and yeah, yeah, and he can create like, and that's yeah. that that owes back to the silliness of turtles, but it, but yeah, like I I like the more grounded Donatello sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like Same. I like I like a Donatello that learns how to do robots and stuff, but like when we start at the beginning and he's already building portals, 
Like mm-hmm. that's that's a it's a yeah. little too much sometimes. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, and like like Mirage doesn't do that. It's nice that it's grounded there. And the other one that I liked about, like that with is IDW, like how they kind of introduce a uh, introduce a Harold to kind of train. Yeah, him. I love he Harold. Can learn from Harold, and so that's yeah. kind of how he starts upping his tech game as he you know learns from Harold and then the Fugitoid and yeah, and he eventually. Wait, isn't he keeping in touch with uh, Vinkman over in the Ghostbusters universe too? He might be a little bit. I'm was not... that a separate universe? I I didn't read the go- the TMNT Ghostbusters. I, th- it, I thought it was part the of same the, New York. It, it's a part of the same story. It's it's a they get transported to the dimension of, of uh, the Ghostbusters. Okay. To yeah, their I, th- I think in I think in Ghostbusters TMNT two they mentioned that they've been keeping in touch with each other, which I I, I think it's cool that Don Otello has like a group of people that are smart that he's learning from. I think mm-hmm. that adds a lot to his character in that story. Yeah. So I like how they took the grounded approach, but they also like, you know, had him be able to learn from other people to move him up into the mm-hmm. status that a lot of people kind of know him for, for in the cartoons. Did you yeah, know like, where he's I'm fine. I'm fine with the cartoons starting off with the super smart Donatello mm-hmm. that's building things like, cause that's, that's the cartoons. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're going to, if we're going to start diving into like real stories, like how did he get that smart? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's move on to Channel 6 News. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. This Wednesday, we have issue number 112 coming out of the main run of Ninja Turtles. And the uh, reprint of issue one is actually coming out this Wednesday. It got bumped one more week again. But it's actually coming this Wednesday, guaranteed. Tom Maltz says it's a guarantee on his Twitter. So we're for sure getting our second printing of issue one this Wednesday, tomorrow, for people who are listening to this on Tuesday. This is uh, Last Ronin, number one? Yeah, Last Ronin, number one, the second printing. Yeah, and then number two will be coming out January 27th. Yeah, it's got a new cover for the second printing. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. They've colored it differently. And it's 50,000 issues, which is the biggest reprint IDW has ever done, which is awesome. That's good for everyone who didn't go down to their local comic book store and set up a pull list. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now. That's the best way to get those issues. If you're if you're looking yeah. for comics, go to your local comic book shop, set up a pull like, list. Support your local comic book shop. Yeah, guys. absolutely. Yeah. No, don't, I, I, don't buy them from scalpers on eBay. Get, don't get yeah, don't buy shop. it on Amazon. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't ask where you can pre-order it. You you can pre-order it at your comic book store for free. Right. Yeah. My, my poll list is how I got my book. It's, it's a guaranteed Last yeah. Ronin book. You will not yeah. have to worry about it selling out. I mean, you probably won't because it'll probably make sure they have enough printed in each printing. But still, if yeah. you set up a poll list, you will not. And if you guys don't know where your local comic book shop is, uh, comicshoplocator.com. All you got to do is just put in your zip code. It'll tell you all of your nearest comic book shops. Sometimes, Sometimes you may not have a close one to you and that does suck but a lot of them also will ship to you so mm-hmm. definitely see who your closest is and maybe you know call them and set it up that way yeah no and i mean i live in utah i mean granted i live in the more city part of utah but even i have comic book shops around like you should be able to find one almost almost anywhere i don't know i'd have never lived out in the I, yeah i'd say most major cities have one yeah now yeah. if you are if you do live a little bit more rural then yeah like you're probably gonna have to go in to town and and do it or yeah. i i've i've heard some guys say they have to cross the state line because there just wasn't one closer to them 
Wow. Uh, so that's what I say. Like, yeah, like call your shop. Uh, Cause I know my shop will uh, send me my stuff. I just give them my credit card over the phone and they'll hmm. just ship it to me. Yeah, that's cool. So that's it for the comic book news. That's all I have. Do you so have anything? To- yeah. For toys this week, uh, NECA revealed a couple things. Uh, we saw a hint of the next Toon Turtles for next year. Uh, they're gonna, it looks like they're going to be re-releasing the original darker-skinned Wave 1 Turtles that everyone has been wanting, but in those horrible baby disguise costumes. Nice. <laughs> baby face With ones. The baby face masks. Uh, so we, we saw that tease. We haven't had an official reveal yet. Um, but I'm I'm personally excited. I'm I'm gonna pick them up. I go back and forth on how much I love NECA, but I do want these ones. Um, and then also other news. Uh, by the time you get this, you may already have your token Razar if you pre-order those back in July. Uh, those are shipping uh, as we record right now, um, and some people are getting them. Miners also on the way. Um, also, TMNT Ultimates Wave Two is shipping soon wave four those pre-orders are closing soon so if you have not got that pre-order in head on over to uh i think super seven has already closed theirs but big bad toy store and entertainment earth still have theirs open all right sorry remind me are those the ones that look like the original toys but they're like yes. scaled up and cooler okay mm-hmm. tmnt ultimates uh by super seven is my definitive toy line right now um i love it to death i only have Raphael out of the first wave um, but I have Leo, Shredder, and Bebop out of Wave 2. Uh, wave 3 is Mikey, uh, who else again? Mikey, Rocksteady, and Metalhead, and April. Um, and then Wave 4 out of that pre-order is I got Donatello and Casey, but the other two are Mondo Gecko and Muckman. Okay. Who I never had those two as kids, so I, I'm, I'm only buying Ultimates of the characters I had when I was younger. So I didn't get a foot soldier. I didn't get a Baxter. I didn't get Mutagen Man. Now, um, I remember the Shredder came with like a regular helmet and then yes. the one with the painted on eyebrows. Are you yes. the painted on eyebrows kind mm-hmm. or are you the regular kind? You know, I'm, I'm going to take photos of the painted on eyebrows. So mm-hmm. if you guys don't know, the original Playmates uh, Shredder, it was painted like the the. <laughs> the paint on this was really funny, but they painted his eyebrows on the brim of his helmet. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> it just, the brim it was like flesh colored too. And it was, bit. yeah, and yeah. it was flesh colored up to like on the helmet. So, as, as like an inside joke, Super Seven is giving you an additional head with that printing mistake. <laughs> so, you could, so you could display it as you remember it or as it should be. I never noticed it until until those Super Seven figures. I was like, "Wow, yeah. that I can't believe it. I've I've gone around this planet or, or I've gone around mm-hmm. the sun thirty times, and this is mm-hmm. the first time I ever noticed he has eyebrows on his helmet." Yep, <laughs> it's bizarre. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of people's first, you know, like like I said, they remember it one way, but it mm-hmm. was actually another way. Yeah. Um, same thing with the Bebop figure. Uh, a lot of people didn't remember his face is super pink. Compared yeah, to the rest of his like body, the soft head one was really yeah, especially the soft head one. Uh, so Super Seven is giving us a brown faced Bebop with the pink faced one. Um, April too. A lot of people didn't remember April looked like this 
for the first release of her figure, but they are going to give us a second head. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, if you have not checked out Super 7's TMNT Ultimates line, 100% recommend them. They are collector figures, so they are a little bit pricey, but you have to kind of pre-order them or you are not going to get them. They are made to order. Wow. So yeah, get your pre-orders in if you have not, because Wave 1's already gone. All right. So collectors, if you're listening, get on that. All right, then. Next week, we're actually going to be covering more comic book issues again. Uh, We're going to be going five through seven uh, to cover the Turtles and Space Arc. And then the reason why we're doing that, why we're just cutting straight to comics, is because we're going to go a little faster so that we can have a Christmas episode because the Michelangelo issue is after that arc. So we can have a fun uh, Christmas episode right before the holidays. Uh, please make sure you like and share our episode and our social medias. And you want to plug those social medias? Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so social media, Facebook, uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour. You'll find it under there. Twitter and Instagram, you'll find at Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, it's got a, you know, the symbol, same symbols our podcasts. should be able to recognize it. If you have any friends or anyone you know that likes turtles, share the podcast with them. Let them know. If you enjoy it, let other people also enjoy it. We'll try to do everything we can to keep you on the up-to-date. We'll keep you up-to-date on our turtle news. Uh, We've been posting a lot more on our social media lately. I've got some help from from Mike and Keith on there. And feel free, you know, ask us some questions. I I always like to have my Ninja Turtle trivia tested. So please bring it on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah bring bring it on if you guys want to if you guys want to follow us individually too uh spencer where can we find you uh i leave all my stuff private i like to okay keep then never my, mind so, my social <laughs> circles close-knit <laughs> you, you can that. try if you want but everything you're gonna have to request i i don't okay. get on twitter uh i honestly i'm, I'm really boring to follow you don't want to follow me so. <laughs> all right keith are you are you publicly available on twitter I am on Twitter. I'm at MacGuffin Stuff. That's MCG underscore N underscore Stuff. I love that name. Thank you. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at It's The Rocketeer. That's I-T-S The Rocketeer. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Until next time, Cowabunga Dudes. Cowabunga. Kriegaboondaloo. Boondaloo.